at Vertical Church, we believe that every story is valuable because every story is valuable to God. How about Bill having the courage to sit in front of a camera and talk about his life? That was awesome, wasn't it? So unfortunately, over time in church, we've conditioned ourselves to hear speeches, but here's what we wanna highlight this weekend is that speeches make a difference when they intersect with stories. And the speeches only prepare us for God's activity over time. We believe fervently inside of Vertical Church that God does more work than just on one hour on a Sunday morning. And in fact, he knows you better than we know you. And we could plan series from here until the next 20 years but God can do some supernatural and incredible work inside of your life. Just to give you a little bit of backstory for Bill and myself, we've been friends for years and we actually worked together and frustrated each other every single day. Uh, but we took a lot of rides uh, in his truck together. Our drive to work was about 25 minutes and uh, man, we have shared a lot of life. Um, I've actually hurt Bill a lot in our story and our friendship together by being a poor friend, but Bill's the kind of man that'll see past that and enter back into friendship. So I'm excited to have him on the vertical stage. If you guys will welcome Bill Blair up here with me. Some whistles. I feel like Bill invited other people to be here. So Bill, thanks for um, being able to have the courage to be here in person. That's pretty amazing. And uh, if nothing else, you've given everyone a break from hearing from me or Austin, which is awesome. So you're already winning, right? Um, so we only have a few minutes uh, to talk back and forth. And uh, I know just from our friendship, we could probably double that time. Uh, but I want to ask just a few questions if you're okay with that. Kind of lead you into that place of vulnerability so the people here can know you even better than I feel like they already do. So first question is, what is it like to sit and listen to that man tell his story? Is this on? Great. Um, I think for me, it's uh, humbling to, to hear that. I don't like to listen to myself. And that was the problem all along, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You have a specific Kentucky draw, you know, which is cool. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I know from uh, just sharing life with you that a lot of times when people share their story, it's like a, a before and after and I, I'm not that man anymore. But it, it feels like you tell your story a little differently than that. Yeah. Um, that maybe you were Bill all along, you just didn't know how to find yourself. Is that a, a correct assumption? I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people here can, can identify with that. And I know that I can, a lot of it has its roots and in those same years, those are rough years, right? And you For know sure. that from being a student pastor all, all that time. Middle school and high school, it's like you take your brain out, you put it in your closet and you fight with your parents and then you get it back at like 20, right? Um, but you, that was a difficult time for you because uh, the way you tell it, it's like you started to realize one of these things isn't like the other uh, and you, and you kind of couldn't find your place. Um, so to be able to share your story now from a place of restoration, I guess my follow-up question to that is, do you, even though you don't like it, do you have compassion on that man that you were? Yeah, for me, that's, that was what I had to see modeled. So when I shared my story in front of those guys, like I shared on the video, that was the first time where I'd gotten those things out and the response back to me was not what I expected at all. And um, there was about 30 or something men there and each one of them had gone before me. 
I was one of the last two people to share my piece. No kidding. And I saw for two days straight uh, these men uh, be received non-judgmentally with kindness. And um, I think if I had just shared mine and heard the response and that was it, that wouldn't have been enough. I needed 30 examples of watching people thaw out and receive kindness, gentleness, and uh, strength from others. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, your family, and we should say you have a great family. I mean, your oh, parents, yeah. God-fearing people. Um, it, it's not like you were raised by wolves in the street, right? No. Uh, so a lot of us feel like, though, if we have that experience growing up, and especially you're in a ministerial family, which we're going to get back to that in just a moment, but um, we feel like if we grew up in a semi-stable family or we don't have much to complain about, that there should be shame for us when we feel that brokenness or we feel the reference that you used uh, to being stuck. Uh, that was exactly your experience too. Like I, I should be better than this. I should be past this. But there was some stuff deep down. We've been discussing that inside of this community for weeks now. There was some stuff deep down that was holding you back. For sure. Right? Uh, but all the Bible verses, all the vacation Bible schools, all the time on the mission field, all that stuff missed. Uh, and it, it's making me want to ask the question, how? How did all that miss? Um. I think it was because I felt like I needed to do it in order to be enough. You know, I, I needed to have the, all the stuff down, uh, be as good as I could be. But I was always a little bit outside the edge or a little bit different. Uh, I felt a little bit different. And, um, and so, you know, I think, I think that brought it brought negative attention in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't just a prayer. I remember being five years old and accepting Christ into my life, uh, like many young people do. Um, but there was still something that was not instilled that you're loved and okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this leads to kind of the second layer here, something that I picked up, and especially the way you shared on video, you, you use this word stuck, and I'm like, man, I have felt that. I've even felt that in our relationship. You sure. know what I mean? I know you sent me a text a few years back, and I was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to face this, you know, which is interesting because I was embarrassed of the things that, the ways that I had participated in, in our friendship up until that point. Some things that I had said to you, I'm like, man, that's embarrassing. I don't know if I can sit across the table from Bill and actually own that, you know. Uh, so I've, I felt stuck even in our relationship at, at one time. My question for you today, though, is that uh, do you feel like you ending up in that stuck place was because of a series of small decisions layered back to back to back? Was it one big decision, maybe a combination of, the bo of, of both of them? Yeah, I think it was, it was the big thing first and because I think that was the first time. It was a big thing first, and then it was a lot of little decisions to reinforce that. So the message to me, uh, I think that I really you know, swallowed in middle school was uh, that uh, you're weak and you need to fight for something now. You need to fight for it. And um, that feeling of feeling weak, I covered up. And so, you know, I made a lot of little decisions over time when I felt insecure. You know, I remember very distinctly in college, you know, God speaking to my heart and said, Bill, I want you to know me. Uh, I took that as a call to ministry, and I thought he was saying, Bill, I want you to be the world's best youth minister. I missed the message on that one. Um, you know, but when that call to intimacy, what it was, was a call to get to know God better, it wasn't really fulfilled and wasn't really pursued, um, the other message became stronger. That message of you got to prove yourself, you're weak, you need to do something about this. And so I really, I think, if, to, to make it a standard message, it was, um, Bill, what are you going to do to make yourself feel like a man? 
and the links I would go to to cover up those feelings of insecurity uh, were really tough. You know, one of the hardest ones for me was, you know, uh, reaching into alcohol as a way to kind of, you know, medicate those feelings. Uh, that's not how it started. It started as a celebration uh, with, you know, I started socially drinking in my marriage when we first got married. Uh, but, you know, I woke up 10, laters, 10 years later and I was the only one celebrating. <laughs> so, <clears throat> that, party's over for everybody else. Party, Bill's still uh, going. Bill has decided to kill everybody's party. <laughs> so, yeah, there was just a, there was something in that that was just overcompensating for a deep feeling of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty special thing for you to be able to say, sitting uh, around a, a fire with 30 other men, um, letting your story out, hearing their story, that was the beginning of the healing. Um, I remember we were, we were sitting at a restaurant, you started sharing this with me, I'm like, man, the power of, of people coming together uh, to share their stories with one, one another and for us to have such a longing for our story to resolve that we'll reach over and grab a part of somebody else's, like you were talking about the pieces flipping over, and God uses that. So God's been chasing Bill Blair since the beginning. Um, he sent you a message, and partly because of your family history, partly because we're in the American South, uh, if God's speaking to you, that means you, you have to be a pastor, right? Um, so you decide to go to seminary where, where all internal problems are fixed. Not a therapist, seminary, that's what fixes things. Cemetery. Yeah, right. cemetery, and then, then you work that out in churches for the next 20 years. Um, so it was so intriguing for me for you to reference men, but let's talk about uh, the role that your wife played in your journey to healing, Amanda, who is a, a strong woman. Yeah, I mean, she must be to be attracted to you to marry you. She must be strong, right? Um, well, you can't marry strong women to make up your, for your own personal inadequacies. I, I <laughs> that's have a, that's a lesson you've learned, right? Definitely, for sure. Yeah, so Amanda plays this role in your story, and I think often, um, especially when you're talking about men coming alive and waking up and you're celebrating the men's movement in central Mississippi even, um, there's a feeling for some people that we leave the role of women out in our stories and you haven't done that. Um, I guess maybe if you could just put a little bit more words around what Amanda has meant for you on this journey, that would be helpful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think this, when you asked me about that question, I think that was an incredible exercise and probably one I'm going to take with me a little bit more. Um, what she has been to me is an example of, loving faithfulness. Um, and there was challenge in there too. You know, this, this woman had something worth fighting for. You know, she was willing to fight for our marriage. She definitely wanted to fight for our kids. That was like poster board, you know, like, don't miss this pal. You may roll, but I'm not losing them. Um, but, but she was willing to fight for us. And I saw that very clearly out of the gate. She was willing to, it felt like Bill, we're going to counseling to fix you, you know, but what it became is, I hope you get to know who you really are because I want that guy to show up. And that's, you know, I, I, felt, I feel like there's a woman there who really wants something for our life, um, but she wants, it, she wants it for me, not just for her. She didn't want me just fixed for her. She, she, she believed in something bigger than that. Um, she has her own walk and she does her own work. So there was a time, especially when, you know, I woke up to these things that were happening where Amanda, uh, there was a, that created even more distance because the more I told her what was really going on and was depending on her for those kind of things, it was just like, 
information craziness overload. And so it put more of a wedge there uh, for quite a period of time. But she entrusted me to these guys, these strange dudes she did not know, um, you know, that were, had all kinds of messed up issues of their own. Um, she entrusted me to, to that group of men uh, with the hope that, you know what, maybe this will work it out. Church wasn't working out. Small group wasn't working it out. Uh, but these other men uh, were helping me to, to become the man I really wanted to be. Mm. And it took time. But she, she, like I said, she's a faithful person. She stayed with the process. And then she committed herself to her own work. And I've seen my wife go and work on her stuff. And that gives me courage. You know, she's not doing it because I'm asking her to. She's doing it because she wants to. And, um, and there's so many ways that she is leading uh, her life and our family that is so attractive to me. Um, so that, I mean, that's the big part. And I, I think I need, to, I need to constantly be asking myself that same question because yeah. if I'm aware of that, I'll grow an appreciation for it. And that's yeah. what she wants. She wants to be appreciated for who she really is and what Absolutely. she's really doing. Well, thank yeah. God for Amanda, yeah, taking you on in the bathroom one day, which is awesome. Sabotage. You're just getting ready for work. She blocked the door. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank God for her. Um, all right, so we have, uh, we've shared a lot of time listening to music, which is one of your big passions. And uh, I know one of our mutual uh, listens is Jason Isbell. We ran into each other at one of his concerts one time. The bottom fell out. So he has this lyric I'd just like to get you to respond to in one of his songs. It uh, goes this way. There's a man who walks beside me. He's who I used to be. I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me. Uh, this guy can write a line, right? Um, which is why we love him. But when you hear that, what's your response to that? Does it intersect with your life at all? Well, the first thing we need to know is that's about a serial killer. Um, <laughs> he, he does bury her and leave town, right? Yeah, he definitely so kills that's her. That's the rest of the song. So, uh, but I think what it, you know, I'm not... I key into music and certain lyrics pop out at me. And that was one when I was going through those first couple months of healing and restoration. First of all, Jason came out with that album and he had just gotten sober. And so my, my curiosity was perked. That was before I got sober. And, um, and I was trying to, I was hoping that my wife would see where I am Hmm. and not just see the guy that left her hanging. And over time, that gets walked out, but that, that really does, I know what it's like to feel like that when you're trying your best to be who you know you're supposed to be, but you're worried about who you used to be. And, uh, and there are times it can come up, you know. Mm. Uh, I'm present, but I'm not perfect. And, uh, and if, you know, when I'm not on my A game, that, that can creep up, and it can cause a lot of fear in our relationship, which can, can divide but what I found is that she's very willing to have that conversation. Yeah. Yep. Man, that's honest. Because a lot of us, when we decide to get healthy, we just skip town. It's just easier to start over than it is to wade through that. Especially in this town, you run into somebody you know everywhere, right? Right. Uh, so you guys stuck it out. Um, you have time for just a few more? You guys have time for a few more? Sure. What? We can't leave till you tell us, right? Um, all right. A few more questions. Just two more. Um, so you use this uh, this imagery of of sitting all the way down, standing all the way up. Uh, what I also know about you is that God has given you the ability 
to share complex ideas and help them make sense for people. So I, I don't want this interview just to be all about, you know, Bill messed up and now Bill's not messed up anymore. Um, if you could help us understand maybe a step or two about how do we sit all the way down? How do we stand all the way up? If we're just getting started, if we were, if we are now where you were when you first showed up at Deer Camp. That's a great question. Um, so the sit all the way down part, um, it was an invitation to be a part of community and not be uh, a lone ranger. I had a lot of shame because I worked in ministry and some of the things that were colliding in my life. And I didn't want that to be seen or known. I wanted control over that. And they just, it was like a really close friend saying, hey man, stay a little while longer, take your jacket off and come back tomorrow, you know? And um, it made me feel wanted regardless of what was known about me. And if I had just gone to that retreat, said, thank you, Jesus, and kept walking on, she'd probably still be living with the same guy. Mm. Or we wouldn't be living together at all. But I really wanted a change. I wanted something different. And I wanted my, I wanted my children. I saw the needs of my children. I wanted them to have a present dad and a dad who's all in, uh, in, in loving them and leading their lives and helping to be a part of that. And, uh, and so I had to keep going back because I wasn't fixed. And what I found is that that's, that's not over. You don't graduate. That's just the new life now. Keep coming back. Be a part of what, what this is. Um, and that's not only where I pick up who I am, that's pick up who I want to become. So one step actually helps both. For sure. Yeah. The standing all the way up is simply when those messages get in our head of when, you know, you know that, that bullied kid uh, that can show up in, as an adult, you know, if you feel like, you know, your money or other situations in life are getting the, getting the reins put on them, uh, you know, pandemics, etc. <laughs> it's good to have people around you that say, we know who you really are. You don't have to regress. You can stand all the way up. You can weather this. You can stand in the wind. We'll show you how to use a coat. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So it's about showing up. It's about showing up. And keeping on showing up. That's it. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not even in a church service. You're not no. even referencing a church service, you know, which isn't bad, but there are other things, other places that there maybe even places. feel safer, yeah. you know, depending on where you are in your story. Yes. All right. So one more question, cause we're fully out of time here. Um, and I fed you this before, but a lot of us struggle with making things make sense. That's, that's a big part of even the Christian struggle because we, we have all this knowledge about God and we know all these things, but when we're trying to make our stories make sense, a lot of that feels like it's, it's gonna continue to miss. Um, you shared Psalm 40, I think, right? Would you mind just reading that for us sure. so we can... Um, you read out of the message, which I'm not sure about all that, but... Yeah, well, you know. The language is pretty awesome in this verse. It is. Yeah. Um. It was actually, you know, being, being a uh, quote-unquote disgruntled biblical scholar, I always kind of snided my nose at people who read out of the message. Oh, yeah. 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 It's and like so, training wheels on the Bible. Yeah, it's like training wheels, yeah. except it's not. <laughs> um, I love this because I needed to hear words that spoke to my heart. And Eugene, who helped put this book together and wrote a lot of it, uh, this is how he says it. Psalm 40, he says, I waited and I waited and I waited for God. At last he looked, he finally listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. He pulled me out of the mud. 
He stood me on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this, and they enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. That's it. So you've entered the mystery. Right. Thank God. I thank God for you. To be a grown man, to sit in front of a camera and let tears happen, in front of a crowd and let tears happen. What we know, though, is they aren't, they're no longer just tears of grief. There were plenty of those. Uh, now there's a lot of joy mixed in. And I know that you wouldn't trade what you've been through because of the man that it's helped you become uh, for the people in your house, but also for your community. Thank God you're part of this community, part of us. You guys thank Bill, will you? Thank y'all. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us right before we leave uh, a little bit because I'm supposed to, uh, but a lot because it's our desire that if you're in a place like this in your story, that you'll find your people and that you'll sit down with them and begin to share those things that could be a pivotal moment in your life that could change the trajectory of your entire story. But if that's going to happen, we're going to need God's help, aren't we? So let's ask for that now. God, we're grateful we're grateful for Bill Blair and your plan to bring him to planet Earth to make a difference. As hard as it is, God, we thank you for the rough times where he couldn't find you so that he could share those times with us because so many of us experience that. I thank you, God, for your provision over the Blair family, for the things that you're doing even generationally. And I, I pray that, God, for the people in this service. Maybe they were expecting a, a long speech out of the Bible and got something different. Maybe they're a little disoriented about what it is you're looking to do with this information. As always, God, I ask that you would give them courage, give them peace, that you would supernaturally provide those people to come in sideways and make a difference in their lives. We thank you for this time together. We consider it sacred. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you for your time. We'll see you next week.